and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 33. There's a couple of things that have happened since the last episode, and I figured I'd just cover everything and see how it all connects. This episode was supposed to be done before the last one, so I'm going backwards a bit and talking about the Women's March in New York a few months back, or maybe a month back. If you're someone who was around during my first podcast that doesn't exist anymore, you know we covered the Women's March of 2017. This year, I've seen a lot of signs that were just completely missing the point, and it just made me sad. There were signs saying shit like trans women aren't women, being a woman isn't something you feel and like just overall ignorant things by people who are clearly Trump supporters the women's march did bring out some good and something I promised I would bring up in is this poem and speech that Halsey did I wanted to play the entire thing which is five minutes long be aware there is a trigger warning for sexual assault if you wish to skip it skip to the next uh, five minutes sorry of this episode but with what she said it was incredibly powerful and I felt that I needed to share the entire thing so here is Halsey five-minute speech slash poem from the Women's March. Hello, hello. How are you guys? So, um, this is my second March. I was in D.C. last year, and uh, I came back to, write, to do a speech this time, but I don't really know how to do a speech unless it rhymes. So I'm going to do a, a little poem for you guys. It's 2009, and I'm 14, and I'm crying. Not really sure where I am, but I'm holding the hand of my best friend Sam in the waiting room of a planned parenthood. The air is sterile and clean, and the walls are that not gray, but green, and the lights are so bright they could burn a hole through the seam of my jeans, and my phone is buzzing in the pocket. My mom is asking me if I remembered my keys because she's closing the door and she needs to lock it. But I can't tell my mom where I've gone. I can't tell anyone at all. You see, my best friend Sam was raped by a man that we knew because he worked in the after-school program. And he held her down with her textbooks beside her and he covered her mouth and then he came inside her. So now I'm with Sam at the place with a plan, waiting for the results of a medical exam, and she's praying she doesn't need an abortion. She couldn't afford it, and her parents would, like, totally kill her. It's 2002, and my family just moved, and the only people I know are my mom's friend Sue and her son. He's got a case of Matchbox cars, and he says that he'll teach me to play the guitar if I just keep quiet. And the stairwell beside apartment 1245 will haunt me in my sleep for as long as I am alive. And I'm too young to know why it aches in my thighs, but I must lie. I must lie. It's 2012 and I'm dating a guy and I sleep in his bed and I just learned how to drive. And he's older than me and he drinks whiskey neat and he's paying for everything. This adult thing, it's not cheap. We've been fighting a lot, almost 10 times a week, and he wants to have sex and I just want to sleep, but he says I can't say no to him, this much I owe to him. He buys my dinner, so I have to blow him. 
He's taken to forcing me down on my knees, and I'm confused because he's hurting me while he says please. And he's only a man, and these things he just needs, he's my boyfriend. So why am I filled with unease? It's 2017, and I live like a queen, and I follow damn near every one of my dreams. I'm invincible, and I'm so fucking naive. I believe I'm protected because I live on a screen. Nobody would dare act that way around me. I've earned my protection eternally clean until a man that I trust gets his hands in my pants. But I don't want none of that. I just wanted to dance, and I wake up the next morning like I'm in a trance, and there's blood. Is that my blood? Oh, hold on a minute. You see, I've worked every day since I was 18. I've toured everywhere from Japan to Mar-a-Lago. I even went on stage that night in Chicago when I was having a miscarriage. I mean, I pied the piper, I put on a diaper and sang out my spleen to a room full of teens. What do you mean this happened to me? You can't put your hands on me. You don't know what my body has been through. I'm supposed to be safe now. I earned it. It's 2018 and I've realized that nobody is safe long as she is alive. And every friend that I know has a story like mine. And the world tells me we should take it as a compliment. But then heroes like Ashley and Simone and Gabby, Michaela and Gaga, Rosario, Ali, remind me this is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally. It's Olympians and a medical resident, and not one fucking word from the man who is president. It's about closed doors and secrets and legs and stilettos from the Hollywood Hills to the projects and ghettos when babies are ripped from the arms of teen mothers and child brides cry globally under the covers who don't have a voice on the magazine covers. They tell us, take cover. But we are not free until all of us are free. So love your neighbor. Please treat her kindly. Ask her her story and then shut up and listen. Black, Asian, poor, wealthy, trans, cis, Muslim, Christian, listen, listen, and then yell at the top of your lungs. Be a voice for all those who have prisoner tongues, for the people who had to grow up way too young. There is work to be done. There are songs to be sung. Lord knows there's a war to be won. Thank you. So Halsey made that incredible speech, and I respect it so much. Halsey has done problematic things in the past, but I truly believe she's a decent person who has the right idea, and sometimes it doesn't always come out that way. I'm not sure if it's the fact that she is bipolar or she's just young, but either way, I don't think anything that she has done is worthy of being canceled. Uh, also, the fact is that she announced her miscarriage. People went in on her for no reason she performed that night after finding out threw on a diaper and did what she had to do she's not a bad person there's plenty of bad people you should worry about and not a woman who is trying. Another woman who isn't a bad person, but people made feel bad was Alessia Cara. Pat and I talked about her winning Best New Artist at the Grammys. People felt it was unfair because she has been around for a few years and is not considered new. People on the internet made her feel so bad she actually said something. She wrote on her on an Instagram post to address the apparent backlash regarding winning something I had no control over. I didn't log on to Grammy.com and submit myself. That's not how it works. I didn't ask to be submitted either because there are other artists that deserve the acknowledgement. But I was nominated in one and I'm not going to be upset about something I've wanted since I was a kid. Not to mention I have worked really hard for. I meant everything I said about everyone deserving the same shot. There is a big issue in the industry that perpetuates the idea that an artist's talent and hard work should take a back seat to 
popularity and numbers. And I'm aware that my music wasn't released yesterday. I'm aware that, yes, my music has become fairly popular in the last year, but I'm trying very hard to use the platform I've been given to talk about things and bring light to issues that aren't fair all while trying to make the most of the weird, amazing success I've been lucky enough to have. I will not let anything I've worked for be diminished by people taking offense to my accomplishments and feeling the need to tell me how much I suck. There's something fun. Here's something fun. I've been thinking I suck since I was old enough to know what sucking meant. I've beat you to it, and that's why this means a lot to me, despite my a million insecurities. I've been shown that what I've created is worth something and that people actually give a shit. All of the years feeling like I wasn't good at anything or that I was naive for dreaming about something improbable have paid off in a way that I have yet to process. I know it sounds cheesy and dumb, but it's the honest truth. Thanks to everyone who's shown me kindness and support along the way. I'll stop talking now. Now, I get where people are coming from, especially since Alessia was up against incredible performers. I mean, she even beat out SZA, who is, if you listened to the last episode, was Pat's favorite for the year. But Alessia is incredible and all her music has important messages. Her performance at the VMAs last year was amazing. She stands for all the things we want artists to stand for. I just don't see why we keep bullying people for being great artists and winning awards that they have no control over. And she does deserve it. It's maybe not in the sense of the word new. but she is a great artist and I think she deserved to win a Grammy. Maybe not for new artists, but hey, here's the Academy for putting her in that category, not us. Now, before I move on, I want to take a break to play the first song of the episode. I know it's a little early, but that five minute Halsey speech kind of put me in a uh, middle ground where I don't know where to put this uh, song, but the song is a great song. It's by the band called Great Grandpa from Seattle, Washington. The song is called No from their 2017 album Plastic Cough. I've been a fan of this band since early last year and they have just this really cool untamed sound that I would love to see played out on a stage. They remind me of a Be Your Own Pet but in 2018. They're a really clever band and I'm just such a fan. So here is No.
Again, that was the song No by the band Great Grandpa off their 2017 album Plastic Cough, available on their Bandcamp and on their website where you can buy it on digital, cassette, or vinyl. Now, another Grammy controversy that happened right after Pat and I wrapped up the last episode, like literally while I was editing it, I saw this. The president of the Grammy said that the women in music should step up. Now let's all laugh together again. The title of the article from Variety I have in front of me says, Grammy So Male, Women Need to Step Up, says Recording Academy President. The article from Variety says, the only woman presented a solo Grammy during the awards telecast on Sunday night, Alessia Cara, who took home Best New Artist. Recording Academy President Neil Portnow was asked by Variety about hashtag Grammy So Male and had this to say. It has to begin with women who have the creativity in their hearts and souls, who want to be musicians, who want to be engineers, producers, and want to be a part of the industry on the executive level. They need to step up because I think that they would be welcome. I have had personal experience of those kinds of brick walls that you face, but I think it's upon us us as in the industry, to make the welcome mat very obvious, breeding opportunities for all people who want to be creative and paying forward and creating that next generation of artists. But wait, it gets better. Grammy's producer, Ken Enrich, Erich, I I couldn't care less, but Erich, I guess, deflected when asked the same question. It's not for me to talk about, he said. I produced the TV show. As for whether it was a mistake to not give Album of the Year nominee Lord an onstage moment, Erich answered, I don't know if it was a mistake. These shows are a matter of choices. We have a box and it gets full. She had a great album. There's no way we can really deal with everybody. However, Lisa Loeb, Reba McIntyre, Amy Mann, and Carrie Fisher were among the female winners during the pre-telecast ceremony. Rihanna shared a win with Kendrick Lamar for Best Rap Song Performance for the song Loyalty. Chris Stapleton, won, uh, who won Best Country Album, was more diplomatic. It's always a hard thing to see things not go everyone's way, he said. And equality is something we have to address on a lot of levels. I can't really speak to how voters voted and what happened there, but there is a lot of great music being made by a lot of great women. That is the only thing I know, and the awards don't diminish the art in any way. One has to wonder if the attendance of Taylor Swift would have made a difference, said Averich. It wasn't her year. She was kind of off cycle. Hopefully we'll see her next year. Now, what's funny about this is the Taylor Swift comment and as if she's the only female musician capable of taking home awards and making good music. I think Taylor being out of the cycle for this year's awards let artists like other artists shine, but the Academy chose to snub them. Taylor Swift does not make bad music. I will always say that. And I think she's a safe pick for the Academy because she is so popular and her records do sell. I think fans and viewers wanted to see SZA and Lord take home awards, but the Grammys were like, ooh, no, that's okay. We don't want to know who you are. Next. Bruno was the Taylor Swift this year. And I even said in the last episode, I am a fan of Bruno. I am, but I think the Academy goes to their safe artists. They don't want to go for a SZA. They don't want to go for a Lord. They want to like look out and see a familiar popular artist, I guess, and give it to them. It's absolutely ridiculous. And female artists did not respond well to this bullshit. And I'm super happy about it because who would respond to this in a great and happy and yeah, we do need to step up kind of way. There was an article for NBC News who wrote the chorus of women who demanded he step down. 
More and more women in the music business say that they have had enough. A draft of a letter circulating among high-ranking women in the music industry calls for major changes at the Recording Academy, which presents the Grammys, including publishing the demographics of its voting members and creating a plan to include more women, people of color, and members of the LGBTQ community. We need a leader to think outside of the metaphorical box and start demanding all voices to be heard, reads the draft, a copy of which was sent to NBC News. 21 women have signed the letter, which was released Thursday evening. Evening. Among those who signed it are Marcy Allen, president of the Mac Presents, music industry attorney Rosemary Carroll, Marsha Vlasic of Artist Group International and rapper Pharrell Williams's manager Karen Vizi. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. The letter adds that if the group's demands cannot be met, Neil Portnow, sorry, I, I can't read and think of how to pronounce these last names all in the same breath. It's difficult, apparently. The Academy's president should step down. Neil, if you do not have the necessary skill set, foresight, and point of view to gracefully and courageously move this system forward to represent women, people of color, and the LGBTQ community in a way that is not only revolutionary but necessary, we ask that you step down, the letter states. The letter comes after dozens of women, including musicians, managers, and executives, publicly criticize Portnow, who is 70, for, produ for producing a Grammy Award ceremony that underrepresented women. Now, in my opinion, the best part of the article, he apologized for the remarks in the statement Thursday afternoon and said the Recording Academy is establishing an independent task force to, quote unquote, identify where we can find where we can do more to overcome the explicit barriers and unconscious biases that impede female advancement in the music community. I'm doing air quotes the entire time I read that. I have no idea why you guys can't see that. After hearing from many friends and colleagues, I understand that hurt that my poor that my poor choice of words following last Sunday's Grammy telecast has caused, Portnow said in the statement. I also now realize that it's about more than just my words, because those words, while not reflective of my beliefs, echo the real experiences of too many women. I'd like to help make that right. Fuck you. First and second of all, and all the above. Oh, God. I am so sorry that I hurt women because their feelings are fragile, but like, please don't hurt me is basically what I got out of that. Fuck that guy. He does not care. Pink was one of the women who wrote a response to the comment. She actually wrote something handwritten and posted it on Twitter. She said, women in music don't need to quote unquote step up. Women have been stepping up since the beginning of time, stepping up and also stepping aside. Women have owned music this year. They've been killing it. And every year before this, when we celebrate and honor the talent and accomplishments of women and how much women step up every year against all odds, we show the next generation of women and girls and boys and men what it is, what it means to be equal and what it looks like to be fair. And you know what? Shocker, Pink is absolutely right. Women owned music this year in every single genre. 2017 was a year everyone came back. New artists came forward and we have nothing to show for it. We have Shape of You and 24 Karat Magic to show for it. Songs about materialism and a woman's body. Meanwhile, we had songs about survival and overcoming trauma. It's nobody's fault but the Academy. The artists did not know you know, they only know how to make great music. They know how to write good songs. They know how to put out popular music. It's not up to Bruno or Ed Sheeran. It's up to the Academy. And they decided that since Taylor Swift wasn't able to be dominated, why give anybody else a shot? It speaks so many volumes and it falls upon too many deaf ears. A friend of mine had posted an article that caught my attention. And she talked about how it's bullshit because it's about Steven Tyler and it's about how he's a terrible person. The article in question was called 
Steven Tyler Grammy party raises $2.4 million for victims of sexual abuse. The article says, but what made it the most important was the event was a benefit for Janie's Fund, an organization created by Tyler in partnership with Youth Villages to help young girls who are victims of abuse. As impressive as it is to see Tyler sing, I guess he performed, and he proved on Dream On he could still belt it out with the best, it is far more inspiring to hear him talk about helping young girls. The father of three daughters, as his friend Alice Cooper pointed out, Tyler spoke passionately and eloquently about why he started Janie's Fund. The whole reason I'm in this is because I know what happens to to a girl if she's sexually abused at 14. Sent out on the street to sell crack at 15. Her mother has her hook at 16. She's beginning John's home at 17 because she looks older. He said before the event, at 18, she's left off a bus station in Oklahoma, doesn't know where she is or what's going on. She's broken. Now she, for the rest of her life, has a problem with sex, has a problem with men coming onto her. There are men in America that murder people. They get caught with a gun in their hand and they get seven fucking years. She gets 70 years 70 years of her life has been ruined and that fucking kills me that kills me oh my god reading that and then knowing all of the information that i've gathered since i put that in here oh lord jesus now i had no idea about the julia holocomb story so i went to research it and i have no words for the entire thing especially since reading that all bullshit thing that steven tyler just said for those listening who were like me and had no idea In 1975, 27-year-old Steven Tyler lived with 14-year-old groupie Julia Holocomb. To get around legal problems, Tyler convinced Holocomb's parents to sign over guardianship of their teenage daughter to him. He and Holocomb lived together for three years. Their relationship fell apart after she got pregnant and had an abortion. At that point, 17-year-old Holocomb moved back in with her parents. Now, that was the first part of a long passage about what happened, but I won't read it because it's a lot to handle and pretty detailed. I will link to it in the show notes and the title of this article, which the above was just taken from, is 18 Weird Things About Steven Tyler You Didn't Want to Know. And I really didn't want to know. But you know what? It's good to know all of these things because, oh my fucking God, it's a lot. Another gem from the article says how he was only turned down once. The article says, Tyler claims to have a perfect batting average. I'm a persistent motherfucker. I'm very sensual and very rhythm rhythm oriented and into poetry. Women can feel that. According to most recent who have read the, that quote, he's also kind of rapey and very douchey. Holy shit. Three years after said interview, Tyler contradicted himself in his memoir. Turns turns out it says it takes a rock god to turn down a rock god. Tyler admits he showed up outside of Joan Jett's hotel room one night naked. I'm not into big 10-inch honey, Jett said, referencing the toys in the attic cut. She then shut the door on Tyler. Joan fucking Jett of all people. Like what an what a fucking idiot. Now, this list is fucking terrible. I have no idea why I keep doing this to myself. But if I have to suffer, so do you guys too. Like, I, <laughs> I I wrote all this down and reading it aloud and doing this episode, it's just getting fucking worse. So I'm taking you all down with me. You're not allowed to stop this episode until I'm done because if I had to read all of this shit, so do you, you guys have to listen to it because it's awful. 
So the next part says, in Aerosmith's 2012 autobiography, Walk This Way, the autobiography of Aerosmith, the band's engineer, Rabbit Henson, asserts band members were forbidden from receiving oral sex during the last 10 days of a tour. This was a precaution to help avoid spreading venereal diseases to their girlfriends at home. In a 2009 interview, Tyler contradicted Hinson's assertion, stating, you didn't have sex for 10 days at the end of a tour, but that was so you would be sure to go home with a full cup of chowder. If you didn't, you were definitely suspect. Like, this, <laughs> this just keeps getting fucking worse. Like, I don't understand why this is happening. A few more down, and I found this nugget of gold. You guys ready? Because I... I sure as fuck. I'm not ready to read this. Steven Tyler's sex sexcapades are just as well documented as his drug abuse. However, the front man said in an interview with Rolling Stone, he regrets all the sweet gash he missed out on because he was balls deep in coke. That is a real thing that I just read for, to you guys. I'm still bummed that I didn't get all the, the pussy I could have in... I the all, <laughs> Sorry, I can't even read this because this is so fucking ridiculous. He said, I'm still bummed that I didn't get all the pussy I could have had in the 70s. We were more interested in the finer blends of cocaine from a shipment of dates that came in on the back of some camel with the stamp of a half moon on it and the star of Lebanon, which, by the way, was laced with opium. We were real connoisseurs. That was much more important to me than girls with big tits. Oh, thank you, Stephen. I'm so glad that cocaine over big tits was really the goal there. Scrolling down to another display of his cluelessness about age and how to speak to an underage girl, uh, we have this from American Idol. It says, Stephen Tyler was 63 years old when he started judging on American Idol and most certainly did not act his age. <clears throat> Sorry. Late night host Jimmy Kimmel was so amused by Tyler's creepy moments on Idol, he, he dedicated a bit to it called Stephen Tyler's Creepy Leer of the Night. The frontman's creepiest moment came during the audition of 16-year-old Victoria Huggins, to whom Tyler said, you guys ready for this? Just the right amount of leg was showing. That's nice. In response to which Randy Jackson did an awkward please kill me laugh and Huggins cheerfully replied, well, I got to appear appeal to the boy audience, but I want to be a lady. Jimmy Kimmel, I am so glad you find sexual harassment of a minor so funny. That's excellent. Excellent. Good job. And Randy Jackson, uh, it's a no for me, dog, on that response. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed that little Steven Tyler creep fest session. I now need a long shower and a lot of hugging myself. And it's sad because it's not that I'm surprised, but it's just I didn't realize all of these things I haven't looked into or have invested the time into research, really. I guess that's sort of why this podcast exists in the first place, though, right? Oh, my God. There's a lot I have on deck for you guys, but Pat and I have a lot of things that I want his take on and just a lot for our next episode together. Hopefully you don't have to wait until the Oscars to hear what we have to say. But until then, I will be gathering some articles and links and there will be a mini-sode in between because the Oscars are just about a month away still. Oh my God, that was that was a lot. This episode isn't even that long, but I feel exhausted from reading all of that. I, I oh my God. I just, I just need some time to recover from all of that Steven Tyler nonsense. 
I'm just going to wrap up the episode for now. There are a lot of things going on, but you guys will have to bear with me because I have a lot of things planned. The last song I have for you guys today is by an artist who Pat got me into who is just amazing. Her name is Angel Olsen. You guys may have heard of her. She attracted a lot of attention in 2017 and also at the tail end of 2016. She has a Lana Del Rey type sound, but also has her own identity. Her voice is super versatile and smooth. It is just such a pleasure to listen to. The song is called Intern off her 2016 record, My Woman. Before I play it, remember you guys can find me on Twitter, which is Rebel Hearts Girl, Facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast, Instagram is Samus Socks, and the website featuring art by my friend Illyria is up and running. RebelHeartsPodcast.com, where you guys can uh, subscribe to the newsletter and see all the great art from her and new episodes and signing up and all that. She's working on some really cool stuff for me, and I'm super stoked to see it. And there's also a link to the web store. You guys can get hats, shirts, the zines, everything. Um, my birthday is in four days, and I think I'm going to do a sale on zines. I believe I'm going to make them $4. I, I had a whole plan, and I don't remember what I was even going to do. So just look out for that. Look out on Twitter where I post all updates and everything like that. But in the meantime, I will see you guys at the front. Here's Angel Olsen. Maybe Gone through the motions as you sing your song 